Welcome back to another episode of Life's a Garden. Hope you all had a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoyed that extra day off. Had some time to relax. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, some housekeeping notes. This next weekend, Friday the 9th and Saturday the 10th, my band Cutthroat has back-to-back shows. Doubleheader weekend. Uh, Friday, we're playing at Craft Local. Show starts at 7, and Saturday we are playing at Andy's Bar. Show starts at 7 there, too. So come check out one, check out both. We really prefer you come check out both. We're playing different material on both nights. So it's going to be a action-packed weekend, to say the least. Wanted to get that out of the way, and let's get into this episode. Today's guest has spent the majority of his life in the education system, whether that be learning or teaching. He's definitely one of the most well-read people I've ever known, um, and I imagine we're going to have a great conversation today. He is my uncle. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mike Craig. Uncle Meek. <laughs> What's going on? Che- oh, cheers. Cheers. All right. Welcome to the show. Well, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Actually got the uh, the old car in operation. How's that <sighs> been? <laughs> yes. That, you know, that was Annie's car. Yeah. Yeah. And she ran, she ran it pretty, uh, pretty hard. And T- Tim had some fun in it, too. Seems mm. to be the... Uh, <laughs> The running deal within the family, no, like not a lot of people like to treat their cars overly well. People that people that know us well have heard us talk about Vesta Hopkins. Yeah, and actually, that's a great way to start this because I've only heard just a little. Like Aaron told me a little bit about it, oh, yeah. but obviously, that's from him to you to him to me. Yeah. So let's hear the story from the source. Okay, and and. <laughs> In 1968 or 69, it was the summertime, mom, <clears throat> dear mom, she was driving on Moore Lane over the tracks, and there's this little gal sitting next to her uh, Volkswagen bus, broke down. And just like mom would do, she took pity, and she went down to see if she could help this lady. And she ended up bringing her home. Dad set up a... Uh, army tent out in the backyard and uh, she was only going to stay a couple days so So she's there a whole month and she probably would have been a lot longer there if she (laughs) hadn't had some issues with uh, some of the Craig boys Mm. (laughs) the uh, Vesta was uh, we we finally figured out Annie and I and Linda figured out that uh, she was a non-practicing Wiccan witch, W-I-C-C-A-N. Right. Um, and and uh, she she would walk around the yard and pick up sticks and uh, say f- these funny incantations. And, and we could hear her in the evening um, uh, vexing, doing doing vexes. And, uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm only 
nine or ten. I haven't, I haven't got a clue what's going on. And I, I kind of shied away from her. She just seemed uh, somebody that I didn't want to get to know too much. Well. Something was off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad and, vibes. And yeah, dad got tired of her really quick. Um, Larry and Randy, Larry in particular, tormented her, teased her, tried to scare her. They just did whatever they could. They they just thought this old lady was wacko and that um, they were going to have some fun with it. So Larry, he he, uh, he 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 did. I'm not sure what he did, but it 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 was that was it. That Vesta come running out and uh, and chased him into the kitchen. And mom was in there cooking like she's always cooking and. Larry grabs a steak knife <laughs> and he and he threatens her with it and she just looked at him and that was pretty much uh, her decision that she she needed to get out of there um and uh and of course dad wasn't around to be <laughs> to, to do anything to Larry uh yeah uh Larry was uh mom, mom could never catch him, but, but he ran out of there pretty quick. And mom consoled Vesta, and Vesta had some parting words. And I, I think we may have had her um, van, her Volkswagen van, running by then. And uh, her parting words were, she cursed the Craig family and any relationships the Craigs have any material goods that the Craigs have, in particular, anything that Craig are dependent on, like vehicles. We have never in our lives. I, I, well, Brother John has a pretty good truck, but he's, he's in Iraq right now, and the truck is in Nevada, so it's not getting abused. Right. <laughs> so, uh, without question, that um, all the cars that we've ever had, I, there, there's... I can't think of one that survived um, honorably yeah. <laughs> and mechanically uh, intact. Um, and, and you know, Annie's Annie's car, the the uh, little Chevy HHR, it's been through hell, and I, I'm not not doing it any favors myself. But there. Uh, uh, that's whenever something happens. We, we, whenever something happens to us w with a car, which is often, you hear us cussing Vesta Hopkins because it's that 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 curse that she left. Well, and according to Aaron, now set me straight if I'm wrong here. Uh, he said that she she had cursed the health of them too, which would make sense considering all of them ha like. All of them pretty much passed from health complications. It, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Everything to do with it, it, everything, with well-being in general. Yeah, yeah. and you know, economics. Uh, uh, she, um, I, I think even a little bit of uh, starvation was <laughs> thrown in there. Jesus, <laughs> she, she was. Yeah, she went up and down her list, and she, she covered us all and covered it all. So, so we. Of course, we didn't take it serious then, but uh, if you knew your grandpa John, he, he 
wasn't too good with vehicles. And and so it th these things were happening before we encountered Vesta. I mean, Larry, Larry was the worst mechanic you could ever ever. Really, <laughs> he he had this little Opal that he was he is so proud of. Um, he did that when he went to Central High, and uh, Dad said, "Well, it, he needs to put some oil in it." So he goes and gets a a, a, a can of oil. Like vegetable it, oil? Uh, no, it, okay. car, car oil. But and he opens it up, and he pours it on the engine. Oh my over God! The place. He he didn't have a clue. Didn't know it needed to go in. He did not have a clue. Well, my first car <laughs> blew up because I never got an oil change once on it. I had it for two years, and never once. It was like an old '96 or something like that. Never got an oil change on it. I think I put oil in it. But that doesn't do any like that doesn't help. It, it helps to change it once in a while because that the the muck builds up and it yeah yeah dirties the new stuff really quick. When you got to have a like the oil filter change and things like that. Oh, oh yeah yeah. So uh, you, well you are related so. Um. But but <laughs> well and I guess I'm not out of the woods because my other car blew up on me like I did have it for eight years and it ran pretty well. Yeah, but that's pretty good. It did eventually blow up on me, and hopefully this the new truck stays. Yes, we're relatively. All, we're we're all counting on that. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a nice truck. But yeah. nonetheless, this this tale of Vesta Hopkins had me so curious, and it's an interesting like scenario enough so that I am a hundred percent going to write a song about it. <laughs> like it's too perfect. I love it. I love it. That, that's a. Uh, it, it, Aaron had mentioned that, and I think that's a great idea. You guys, I, I, I'll leave it up to you to get, bring up, bring out something really funky. For <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just in, it's intriguing to like. It's a very um, and and that name, that's an intriguing name. To exactly. Best to because I can. Can't you just see her flying on her broom through the sky? You know? Right, right. <laughs> I can just pick. I don't know what she looks like, but I have a good image in my head, and it's but, just kind of a. You know, it's it's not a it's a un, it is a unique idea for a song because it's it's particular to just our family. It's, I'm sure that's other people have experienced similar yeah, yeah, scenarios. Yeah, you but, folks out there, uh, let us know if you have similar encounters. <laughs> yeah, for real, God, <laughs> or similar witches in your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking of music, freaking busy weekend coming up. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, let's. Uh, I love your shameless plugs. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> I love it. That's how I started I the episode. <laughs> That's Friday at Craft uh, Local. Craft Local. And then Saturday at Andy's. At Andy's. And uh, Friday night, you start at 7. 7 p.m. And, you're, and there's two bands. Three. Three bands. Both nights, there's three bands. Oh, yeah. Both nights. Okay. So you're going to have short sets both nights? Relatively. Okay. Well, like... So uh, under an hour. So, so Friday night starts at seven. Who's the first band? We are. Okay, you guys hear that? Saturday night. Who's the first band? We are. What time? I th well, okay. I got to figure that out. The show starts at seven, but I was told we're going on at eight. That doesn't seem right to me. So just assume it's going to be seven o'clock that we're on. That's what I'm going to say. Be there at six thirty and give Vicky some business. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. Like this is oh, I am too. I can first work. time we've ever done back to back. And yeah, yeah. And, and you played with both these uh, both bands. No, you have no. 
We've had all the bands except one. Okay. Pressure Not's the only band we've played with. And other than that, it's all new bands we played with. So. Who are the bands? Uh, Friday night, we're playing with Spiked Mind and Ocup- Octopi Drive-By. And they're both local? Yeah. Okay. And then the other one we're playing with, Pressure Not, local. And then the other band's called Shotgun Facelift. And they are, I think, out of North Dakota. Right on. Shotgun Facelift. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of the one that Aaron was in. Shotgun Vein. Vein, yeah. yeah. I, if you look on SoundCloud, you can find some of their music. Uh, definitely something worth looking for. I, I, that, they're entertaining. Aaron's entertaining no matter where he is. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. So <laughs> I, I didn't make mention of it. For anybody who doesn't know, Aaron, my cousin, who's been on the show several times in the band, Mike is his father. So why don't I ask you about what that's like? He came out, <laughs> he, he came into this world angry. He never smiled for two weeks. He was, and uh, he had Ma, Grandma Ellen uh, said said he looked like an, a little old man because he, <laughs> he was just. Uh, it took him two weeks to to finally so I could get a smile out of him, and that was pretty much that kind of set a pattern. Uh. And uh, he's he gets he gets a little. And Aaron, Aaron, you know this, so I, I don't. I'm not saying anything out of out of uh, place here. I hope <laughs> yeah, he get he gets a little angry at the world, and and rightfully so for so, uh, especially losing his little brother. I mean, uh, that that's a pretty hard thing to get over. Well, and especially how old was he when that happened? Thirteen. Yeah, that's yeah. horrible, man. Like yeah. that's a really especially that time, man. Yeah, and. Aaron was living over in the Seattle area at the time, and yeah, at thirteen, that was, that was a, uh, yes, yeah. you know, and he was making plans, making big plans. Definitely an experience that like alters. Oh, it screwed up my life. Oh, I, I mean, mean, I, I t- it turned me upside down, completely. Um, understandably, I, I, I am, I'm somewhere between basket case and insane i think <laughs> um yeah I, it's uh it, it 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 really threw a monkey wrench in life and you know i i, I still carry a lot of guilt about that and and that's mine i own it but um now aaron when he was young when he was 12 and 13 oh my god what those were dark dark years yeah he wanted to paint his room black and i said no 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 so then he decided dark purple <laughs> and he wore uh, this trench coat this was oh know, geez this was right around columbine i was gonna but, say that guy's columbine written all over it yeah yeah and i think the uh, he he was doing that before columbine happened but i think his teachers at the helena middle school got a little worried yeah, and he was wearing army boots. He had a couple of buddies doing the same thing. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. They, they were. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Oh, and he'd uh, he 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 liked to work on his hair in the morning. Yeah, he had the big old the, the, sideshow the, bob the, hair. <laughs> or or uh, uh, one one of his friends called it on Facebook a flock of sea wolves. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. The singer there. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. Those were, uh, Aaron hated everybody. He hated everything except animals, of course. Those, those have always been his go-to um, and still are. He hated, he, he, I was pretty convinced he didn't like me or his stepmom. Um, but 
uh, you know, I kind of thought this was maybe a phase, and I'll just, you know, ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I try to be dad, uh, um, and try to be fair, and try. You know, I, I've always, I, I, I've always put effort into trying to make Aaron smile whenever and wherever, and sometimes he would end up having to smile because I was so corny <laughs> i mean i mean i can attest to that <laughs> yeah you, I, <laughs> I second the motion so and but i'd embarrass the hell out of him oh my god i and sometimes it yeah most of the time it was deliberate <laughs> yeah 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 and i just i alan was I, I was hoping he'd get a little embarrassed too but he never did he he always thought my idiosyncrasies were uh natural <laughs> mm. just the natural me like uh uh uh, Aaron, Aaron's gonna correct this, but my my uh, cut off shorts and cowboy boots. Okay, <laughs> in the mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, that they, they would disappear so fast. He, he, <laughs> he, that's he, what dads are for, right? I think so. And well, I think we're for embarrassing kids and for uh, teaching them patience. I think it's the other way around. <laughs> I feel like you learn patience from kids. Well, I. I, they've had to learn p- to be patient b- because of me and my schedule. Mm, and, yeah, and this yeah. Thing, this thing that we uh, uh, refer to as Craig time, which is worse than Indian time. <laughs> <laughs> just tell. Just t- I should have. In fact, I should have told you we're recording at two a- two p.m. because then you would have been here. At f- <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, to give you s- a, at least a little bit of credit. You've been you've been on time relatively more lately than I've than been, in the past. I've been working on it. You've been I, good. Seriously, I've been working on it. You've been showing up like shows and to uh, and, and, and uh, oh yeah, t- Tim's arrangements and yeah, and, you were there before I was, and I'm and I I pride times. myself on on my time management. I was I'm proud of myself for those because I was uh, yeah I was waiting for you to show up and so I could say wow and you did <laughs> so I uh, I I don't want that kind of thing to be a surprise i want it to be a natural thing i want and uh, i'm working on it yeah i uh as soon as i you know i got settled down in life a little bit and and uh when when things settle down uh you know these last few years have been a real whirlwind and and, uh annie and 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 your dad leaving us yeah that's just that kind of brought me back 22 years to <laughs> actually even before that we lost our aunt our, we lost linda our oldest sister in 1980 she was only 33 and uh you were she would have loved you guys oh my god yeah i don't uh, you, she she was she had died oh she was living in in missoula when she died well you you were born in 93 and so yeah she was She's been gone for quite a while, and then, and then Dad, we lost him. Your Grandpa John, um, three years after that. And then we had a lull in the action, and all of us were relatively healthy. No, no thanks to Vesta. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, but and no thanks to uh, our own personal bad behaviors. But, um, uh, 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 you know, then, uh, two thousand. Four, two thousand three, when we lost Randy, and and then, uh, yeah, and then things 
kind of went into motion. It was seems like it's yeah. been pretty consistent, unfortunately, yeah. and the burden of a large family. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and, but, and a close family too. Yeah, <laughs> even though we've we we didn't appear that way all the time. But nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we're very close, you know. You know, it was uh, we we had to be close. We because it it was uh, we grew up in a in a real awkward situation where it we're go, all going to Catholic schools, and uh, we didn't necessarily fit into that mold. But we we did better at at uh, Holy Rosary than a couple of us did at Frat. Uh, 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 um, for t some re reasons, N nothing bad. It's just that Holy Rosary is a fun place. But um, then Mom and Dad split up in 1969, and uh, <clears throat> you know, and I'm only 10, and, and Vesta wasn't. You know, she was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That there is a correlation. We do believe. Um, Seems to be. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, relationships were a part of that. I mean, big part of that. Four ex-wives. You know. Of course, your dad would say I had seven. So, <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, um, the uh, uh, divorce divorce is wasn't really a, a, a very acceptable thing in the Catholic Church in 1969, in in Billings, Montana, <clears throat> and so. We split up. Uh, um, kids were even split up, uh, it, it, and it it, 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 it was, there was pretty ugly scenes, and and so Tim and Annie and I, and and, and for a good part, Pat too, we we needed to, uh, you, you know, like each other a whole lot better than what we were seeing with. Uh, uh, the the folks uh, older than us, <clears throat> especially mom and dad. So, so uh, we I don't I don't know if you ever heard Annie tell you a story of we taught mom how to hug. She she didn't know how to hug. Was that from her childhood or her? Yeah, yeah. She can her her grandma and grandpa raised her, and they didn't really want her, but her her mom her own mom didn't want her even more, and so. Uh, I, you know her 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 granddad what he 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 really enjoyed um little ellie ellie <laughs> they uh she grew up around cowboys her mom wanted her to be a boy she got she had two brothers um she got other siblings that were uh, half siblings but um uh, her her two brothers and they, they were uh exactly what grandma was looking for and she had hoped that um ellen being in, in i think ellen i think grandma was in between the two brothers but uh so she just had no use for another girl and so um at a very young age uh, uh just a, a toddler uh, uh grandma ellen went to her grandma and grandpa up in the uh, up on the High Line. Jordan, right? Uh, actually, Jordan was there later. Um, first, it was up around uh, uh, 
uh, the Seiko area. Mm, okay. And uh, and she got used to these big old handsome cowboys, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and them flirting with her, and and uh, uh, she learned how to make coffee pretty good <laughs> oh grandma loved coffee god cowboy coffee yeah and uh, so that's where I, I learned to cut coffee too and uh so so mom didn't have that physical contact as she was growing up and uh and i i don't know but you know back in those days in the 60s when I had memories of mom and dad actually being mom and dad in the same house, um, I, I, I never saw them uh, touch, kiss, hold hands, yeah. and be, flirt with each other, nothing like Intimate, that. Intimate, yeah. Yeah, and, and it, I ne never really saw any of my friends' parents like that either. Which, it makes you wonder if that, I mean, it clearly yeah. ends up having some kind of impact on you. Oh, yeah. And, like, the way you approach things. Like, for myself, I've never been overly affectionate, like, toward my mom, my, no, my si brother, sister, you know, like, I've got, I've had to teach myself to be better at it just because I know it's okay to do that. But because, you know, I obviously didn't have, like, a. Well, a, well you, you, you had somebody that. <clears throat> was not a part of your life that should have been for a very long time. And when he finally come around, uh, uh, he he missed too many opportunities. But well, it's still it's yeah. That's a whole. I mean, I feel like that's a different thing in itself. But as far sure. as like the affection aspect of it, yeah, it's not that I didn't feel like I had been given affection because I feel like I did. As far as grandma, oh, especially grandma, right? Yeah, but it's like you don't see that. Um, what's um the family unit you yeah. know you don't see like the standard of what you would like mother father oh, relationship we, and we call it uh uh leave it to beaver <laughs> yeah family, i mean so unit i do feel like that may, probably had some effect on me as far as like sh the ability to show affection i don't feel like i didn't receive affection but it just made it kind of like harder for me to show it in a way it, and that you were in a uh, a spot that you were got way bigger than both your siblings uh, early on, and uh, um, and Aaron and Alan, uh, this classic example. And there were what, several years between those two. They 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 really did. Uh, Aaron or Alan really looked up to Aaron. And he he just thought he was the coolest ever, but he got really pesky and he would do it on purpose and really get Aaron irate. <laughs> and and Aaron would get a little furious with him. And I, I think all little kids do that to their older siblings too. For sure. And I did, well, Landon, like God, <laughs> there, I don't think there's ever been a bigger pest. <laughs> and that, Landon? <laughs> not to say he deserved all the punishment I inflicted upon him, which you know, you, was you, you, fierce. You you, you, <laughs> you used the punishment that you knew. It was yours. It, I guess. That you developed it yourself. So. And I wasn't, you know, I'm not proud of that, but at the same time, it's like you can't really... I, I, I've i tried to, like, think about things in, in non-regret ways. Like, you, you can't regret 
the things you did when you were young, especially because for one, you probably didn't know better. For the most part, that's a, that's very accurate. Yes. And you learn, you know, the best, as long as you know what you like, some of the things that were wrong to you were wrong. That's growth. You know, it shows that you've, like, you understand and learn. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I can't take that back. I can't take some of the, the shitty things I no, did, but you can change your ways. Right. And you can teach other people to not Absolutely. be that way. Absolutely, And you and just be a better person. Yeah. And, and I, I have, I've had the pleasure as, of watching you especially uh, grow and it, it, you're pretty amazing. I, I, well, I appreciate it. I think, I think you are. And I, I think it's, uh, just been so awesome to to watch you become the man that you are, and uh, Landon in Asia. I haven't Asia. I haven't seen you in a long time. I'd sure like to. The ghosts of the family now. <laughs> They're out there still, but they'll come around. Uh, we'll, I know we'll track them down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the okay. So this is the other thing that I just be. I don't know. A lot of the things we've talked about kind of have made me think about just like another sign, like another aspect of regret. Not in the things I've done, but the things I didn't do. Being like, I wish I would have done this more. Mostly with people that are no longer here. Because the things you have never done, like, I can still do that. Like, I can go places I've never been. I can uh, still experience things that I've never experienced. But the one thing you can't do is things with people that are no longer here. Yeah. And like I, one of my biggest regrets in life was Uncle Don. Yeah, not going to uh, Red Rocks. Like I, I went to Red Rocks thinking he had gone there before. You know, I never. I it was my favorite band, the band that he turned me on to. And like it just didn't even cross my mind to invite him because it like in my mind I justified it as like I want this to be a friends trip. Sure, sure. But like. I, it just would have been that much better. Like, well, and, and I think you, you, if I recollect, you were uh, kind of re- regretting or, or wishing that you had attended that concert with or had Don, Uncle Don in attendance with you. Of course. Um, but uh, you were thinking also, well, maybe they'll, it'll happen again. Of course, while, yeah, while that's Don, true. While Don was still alive. Sure, yeah, yeah. of course. And like uh, that's kind of the thing yeah. too is like, that's why you can't hold that against yourself because because yeah. you don't know when things are going to go that Boy, direction. Is that the truth? <laughs> but also, it's like, yeah, you, you can't punish yourself for the things you didn't do with the people that you can't anymore. But here's another way to think of it: just enjoy the times you have with the people that you can, and try not to, you know, have bad times with them. Like it's hard. It's definitely hard. Impossible, in well, fact. So- yeah, yeah. You're always gonna have moments, and doesn't that seem kind of like a like a crummy thing too? Because I've noticed this too with all the everybody who's ever passed close to me. All I ever think about are the like the things that I wish I would have done differently. You know, like some like either if it was a bad experience I had with them and I wish I could take it back, or if it was something I didn't do with them that I wish I could have. Why do we think that way? Like, why is that something that we do? Well, you know what I'm. I, I don't know. I'm certainly not a psychologist. <laughs> I, I have bartended, though. <laughs> but but uh, um, I, I think we have a tendency to, when we're younger, to to ha- have those feelings of remorse. Um, I've I've done 
uh, so many things with my siblings that I have wanted to that I feel pretty fulfilled. But there are so many other things, so many more things that I would desperately love to have done. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to regret it. And maybe I'll, I'll still do some of those things without them. Um, Tim and I had some plans. Annie and I had some major plans. So, Do you think it comes from like a place of selfishness almost? Where it's like, I'm not thinking this about them. I'm thinking this about me. Like, I could have done this. I wish I had done this. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if that's, if we're just like, like self, like inside, we're just kind of like making it a selfish thing. Like, they're not here, so I can't do this. Like, and, and not, I'm not trying to make it sound like the worst way possible. You know what I mean? No, but, no. And even it, if they are here and you want to make that happen, you're, you got to think of, are you wanting to make that happen for your benefit, for to to make you feel good, or to make them feel good? True, and and I think even after they're gone, you you can ask yourself those questions. But I th and I think it goes both ways though, because it's like you feel good because they're there, yeah. Like and after, you want to after. experience things with them. And then again, there's some things that I sure wish I'd never experienced with right. some of my siblings. Right, and that and Tim, I want to kill him sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand that too. Like there's definitely, I don't know. There's, there's things that I've done and said to people and wish I could take it back. And I don't know. I, th I think that's just a bad place to think about things. I think you, you need to like, like we all, we all have to experience this at one phase in our life or another. And, and it's, it's real pointless to just oh, you start, dwell on the negative. If you start, if you keep dwelling on that, that that'll, that'll, haunt you that'll take you to your grave and and yeah. i i spent a long time in regret for a lot of people and and it's like and unfortunately we've experienced death so much in our family that i've gotten pretty good about not feeling that way and so like this time around with my dad i started questioning like why i wasn't oh like overtly sad in in certain uh, aspects of it you didn't physically show uh, a lot of uh, distraught and, and that type of emotion. Um, but I think it's because I've gotten better at like thinking more of the good than the bad. That's right. And I'm not that, accepting, like not, not feeling all the regret. And that's the kind of young man that I just so enjoy well, and I, <laughs> that you've become. It definitely helped too, <laughs> that like, I felt like he was fulfilled. I think that's another thing too, is like with death, often I feel like, that like you know gone too soon like they didn't experience life they didn't get that chance to experience this to experience that to do this do that and with him that was not the case like mm -hmm. i felt like he was very fulfilled in his life absolutely so yeah. i think that I, laid my mind to rest a little easier well, and he slowed down considerably after his stroke yeah i mean uh, <laughs> that didn't help either the fact yeah. that i had already like kind of played out the scenario in my head multiple times as he like had multiple you know health issues yeah yeah so he's uh yeah um i you know i i'm i'm fortunate and, and extremely happy that he and i were friends at the time of his death because there were times before that that he and i weren't um in, in this century <laughs> and so but i i you know he couldn't do physical work like he used to, and that didn't bother him a whole lot because he, he was he did like to work. <laughs> well, but, but well, he liked to work, but but that was but, the trade he knew. Yeah, like he yeah. really only knew physical labor. Am I wrong about that? Um, 
you're not wrong about that. He, Besides he, criminality? He, he, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and how much physical labor does that take? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, the, it, it's a, he, he used his mind to a great extent um, in, in all that he did. Um, anything to make something easier, including hiring the neighbor kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> Entrepreneurial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, he, um, he, he, he was strong and it, he was well, he was pretty fit. Yeah. Uh, up until, well, I think we all started to see, uh, declines in our health after Vesta Hopkins, number one. <laughs> and, uh, we all started experimenting with drugs and alcohol, number two. Um, that, and didn't stop. Mm. Um, yeah, that's something that uh, we all have in common. Uh, John, well, Don wasn't near as bad as uh, all of us, but and John, who's my your only other living uncle um, in, in this group, uh, he's uh, he, he's doesn't do drugs. I don't think he's ever done drugs, and it shows too. Yeah. You know, like yeah, and and he's a uh, um, he, he likes co- drink some Coronas at the bar, sit belly up to the bar, and watch football. Um, and if he's and if Aaron's there, Aaron will get in a fight, and that means Uncle John will have to get in too. But uh, <laughs> back to the anger aspect of things, yeah, Mister yeah. fight you at any moment. I had no idea he had a bone in, or a, a bar in in his leg. And uh, I, kn- I knew about a couple of his broken bones, but uh, not all of them. He, he, he uh, didn't divulge that information didn't to you? He didn't tell me because he knew what, what it would do to me. To, I, <laughs> I, I, oh, God. It just, and, I mean, he's the, tough, well, he's the toughest guy I've ever met in my life. Serious. Really? Yeah. He's number two. Uh, who do you got? Uncle Don. Oh, I'm sorry. You're exactly right. Yeah. Like. Yeah, there's no match. And they're the same because they're like scrawny, don't look like they could do anything, but they have like some weird like retard strength. that. And it is. Their adrenaline kicks in. (laughs) They got got Irish strength. Yeah. The the two of them. Could you imagine? Oh, just one. I I mean, one of them. I mean, they have both taken on multiple guys numerous times. Well. And come out on top. And the other thing that both of them share is like that well first of all that like flash of rage that they can just like come out of nowhere they would they'll say stuff to people that the normal person would not knowing that it's going to start an altercation because they're not afraid so like no fear that's exactly right. that's a big yeah. thing no yeah. fear and speed they're both just oh. faster than oh man all he, get out i i've just completely uh yeah the, we should have got both of those guys in the golden gloves Right, you know, uh, Aaron, he he wouldn't. If I would have suggested it, he would never have done it. So, <laughs> so. just because you suggested it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I agree. Like, some people don't find their calling until it's too late, and I think that would have been a calling for well, both the both of them. They could uh, in the in the cage. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, I uh, well, <clears throat> Aaron. They, Aaron would be retired by now with all his broken bones. So. Yeah, right. And I mean, I think the the league would have uh, made him retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to. So we kind of covered it a little bit, and honestly, like since we've been talking a little bit about you know life and death and things like that, 
Um, I, I definitely wanted to cover this at some point, and we might as well just bring it up now since we're in the discussion. Um, you can have everything. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I want it in on tape. No. Um, so September is Suicide Awareness Month. Yes, the seventeenth is the, the Out of the Darkness Walk. Yep, and um, I just. Not to make this pod, you know, obviously the point of the podcast is to promote positivity and all that stuff. I don't want this to be bleak or gloom or anything like that. But it, it's a thing. I make it a point every year, especially this time of year, to talk about it. And you're the like you're the guy to talk about this with because unfortunately, you and I have both had to experience this multiple times. Multiple times, yeah. And um, and yeah. we can spin this to be positive. And and you know what that. That's exactly right. Not not that we can spin it. If we're talking about it, uh, as we talk, we become, we start to realize that this doesn't need to be a taboo subject. This doesn't need to uh, make somebody have to. Uh, oh, oh shush, don't talk about that. You know, I, I mean, like they did in the old days, uh, like in the generation before me. What am I saying? They still do. Yeah, yeah. People still uh, uh, suicide. Is something that um, needs to be talked about constantly, and too many parents will are are never going to be able to, to admit, or never willing to admit that their kids may be suicidal at any point in their lives. It's just something we never want to think about, and we just, I mean, it is so easy to say no, no. Out, my Alan, he he would never take his own life. He'd never kill himself. I thought that. Boy, was I wrong, huh? Um, it is something that any child, any person will do, can do. Uh, doesn't matter what color they are, what uh, economic status they are, um, what. There's so many factors that. I mean, suicide covers it. It, it has no prejudice. And it's good to talk about it. And every now and then we see an, see an effort, but we don't see the, the effort where it really needs to come from. And that's from the top. Um, uh, our, our, our previous governor, uh, uh, Steve Bullock, came up to our lead when I, I was teaching there. And uh, uh, it was a... Uh, the R. Lee School is really big on suicide prevention because in Indian country, as you probably know, that's it's worse, way worse. And uh, I mean, oh golly, while I was teaching there, uh, lost three kids, three or four kids, not from the school, but um, neighbor in, from the neighbor neighborhood in the in the surrounding area, and a ten-year-old. <clears throat> just oh, oh, that just that just blows me away. A ten-year-old taking his own life. But the governor, uh, because of the the uh, Arley Warriors, the Warrior Movement, look it up on Facebook. I hope it's still going. It, it's dynamite. These young people, uh, uh, they're the best spokesmen for uh, uh, suicide prevention that you could absolutely hope for. Um, so th- th- they've been recognized and uh, given accolades nationally and internationally. Uh, but uh, the governor was up there, and he wanted to talk to students and to uh, staff about suicide and suicide prevention. And so I, I've all, I decided I'm going to go sit in on this. And I, I was actually just a student teaching at the time. 
and uh, I didn't know my place. But he, the governor asked the right question. What can we do? And, you know, he goes, and we're, we're just teachers and, and uh, counselor, counselors. Um, what can we do? Uh, what, what do you need? What, what can we do? And, and uh, having worked in state government, I already know that you don't ask for something that costs money. Mm. that that will come later but i i i spoke up i I, because they were they're just what nobody had anything to say and i i told him i said i i know steve too i i knew him from before (laughs) um kind of but uh i i said we need for the topic of suicide and suicide prevention to become a part of the vernacular of all of us, not only in this state, but everywhere. We need to talk about it. We need to be encouraged to talk about it. We need to understand it better. And we need for you, Governor Bullock, to initiate that. It won't cost you a thing, but... um, you you speak, people listen. I speak. Not as many people are gonna listen. Some are gonna throw tomatoes. So, so I, 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 and they went away thinking. Uh, you know, they thanked me, and and uh, um, I, I. It, it's something that gets. They they're, they made some efforts. That nothing like what I what I'd like to see. I got some pretty grand vision of awareness. What would awareness needs to be, and. What communications need to occur, um, and we got we got to break down some barriers, some walls that are just so thick right now, and and if we have people like a, a governor of a state to to start taking that sledgehammer to that wall, we're going to make some progress, and so I don't have a lot of faith in our current governor though. <laughs> so well, I mean, we can only hope, but yeah, yeah. I think another part, like to a, a two-parter of that, I, I, it is good for. I agree to have um, teachers, parents, you know, have the conversation and not just with the kids, but themselves and friends, everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of like one of those things. Yeah. Like the less taboo it becomes, the more easy it is to talk about, the less people will hide in the closet about it. The other thing is it needs to be more acceptable for people to just, feel like they can ask for help and to and and not to feel like it's it's yeah. something they they have to hide or something they have to you know I'd rather have somebody talk to me than than to like you know and, and hide in their bedroom and all day it, it's not a, a human characteristic to dig something that of that like that out of a person right um that we're just we we haven't equipped ourselves at least in this society to want to recognize that to need to recognize that it hasn't been a real priority in, um in, in our long list of strange <laughs> strange things that we prioritize um but the uh i have heard and i know that for for a fact that there have been incidences in this nation where parents have found out that their child who just died from suicide 
was talk it was a, a topic in class and the parents um, have be, be, became irate with the school uh, and, and they really had problems in, in a couple instances really had problems with the schools um, we, we, we need to prevent that from happening too mm. uh, and that's where the awareness comes in but um, you, when when Alan's uh, friends in in uh, Missoula at Rattlesnake Middle School in the eighth grade, an eighth grader, uh, uh, they 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 had a bunch of energy. They were just, I mean, just the the day of the funeral was the Thursday after the Sunday he took his his life, and it was kind of a balmy, snowy March day, and uh, <clears throat> I I I had a group of them, and and they all there was about. A dozen of them. They came to me, and they asked if uh, I, I thought it was okay that uh, they go up the mount, up the L Mountain, and write Alan's name on the on the side of a mountain up in Missoula. And I thought that was the greatest idea. These kids, that it was a great way for them to to cope to cope to to deal with some of their grief. Um, not certainly nowhere near uh, uh, all of it, but but for the time for that minute in that day, it, that was I thought that was a, the greatest thing, and uh, the other parents and we just, we gathered around, we watched them do it, and oh, they just did it in a flash, uh, white rocks and huge letters, and and one of the parents called the uh, one of the news stations, and they got the news out there, and they did they 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 filmed Alan's name up on the side of the mountain they they interviewed the kids uh, uh it was it was pretty cool um i got a tape of it man i got a tape of the uh, segment that they did on on the news that they never showed really yeah they didn't show it because the uh, the school counselor got together with the principal at, they heard that they were that the tv station was going to air this the counselor said the right thing if a child across the valley sees that somebody can get their name on the side of a mountain by killing themselves i think i'd like to do that interesting it's the same concept as like the school shooter thing where it's like if i can get on the news for doing that you Mm -hmm. know like it's it's (laughs) but here's the thing too it's like the why do we glorify that i don't know that we glorify that but it, 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 I think it's. I don't think it's any secret that that's a motivating factor for people to commit atrocity. What's that? The, the, oh, the, the being the put famous, on Time Magazine, being hey, that's that's a that's uh, uh, <laughs> a, a societal thing. But here's uh, here, here's my thought on that because tragedy. Um, tragedy sells. Oh boy, does you it know, ever. atrocity yeah. sells. Yeah. And nobody's buying, no, but nobody wants to buy. That's why suicide doesn't get talked about because nobody wants to buy that because it's not tragic enough because they're not taking other people's lives. They're, they're taking their own. That's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And, and that's a, uh, people don't, people don't sympathize with that. They, they they certainly don't. Uh, I mean, growing up as a Catholic, we were taught, that uh, we we're going to go to hell if we c- killed ourselves. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! I believed that. I believed it for that 
<laughs> I'm still here, aren't I? <laughs> right. Well, I, I don't believe it anymore. Um, I certainly don't believe it. And, and I, I don't even believe much of what uh, I would... Uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> but uh, um, that's part of it, though, the, the religion, the, the, the Christianity, um, ha making that taboo, making that uh, bad thing. It's, it's so bad that, I mean, if we ignore it and we don't talk about it, then we, it's not... We it doesn't exist. It's yeah, not real. It doesn't exist. In, and uh, even when Uncle Henry uh, goes downstairs in the basement and finds a corner to hang himself, uh, uh, we keep that sh shush. And, and, you know, it, uh, it's just... Well, it, the thing of it, I believe, too, is it's like you hear about somebody killing themselves. The first thing you think about is, oh, my gosh, like, how could somebody do that to themselves? Like, you think about, like, you put yourself in, in that position, like, could I ever do that? It's never like, oh, my gosh, like, poor him for, hmm. for having to deal with whatever mental yeah. issues he has, where it's like a murderer who goes on a murdering spree, you sympathize with the people and the families and things like that. And, and you exactly. And you get, and you get back to what we talked about earlier on another topic, me, the, the me, <laughs> I mean, that's a, um, uh, the, uh, that, a suicide, somebody's suicide that I don't know doesn't affect me. So I don't have to acknowledge it. Right. So, but uh, but somebody a, who kills somebody, you sympathize with the family who the yeah. person who killed, even though and you still the same way somebody dies. Yeah. In right. fact, in like you know, it, even more so, it's it's they're they're both tragic in their own way because now the whole family has to deal with this thing. You have to figure out, you know, you have to deal with the why. Why did this happen to this? You know, oh. what what caused them to to do this well don't spend too much time on that no and yeah. and and i learned that long you know i learned yeah. that with dawn yeah it's it, like i it, i asked why so many times that i there was no answer to any of it no, yeah, nobody to answer it right and it's like and and to an extent i do know why like i in my heart like i know why i have some feelings about it too yeah, yeah. and uh, and he, he, this is something i wanted to just say too on top of things with dawn Literally everybody I talked to, his closest friends, the people he hung out with daily, his boss, myself, no clue. None of us knew. Like there was no indi like we knew he had been, you know, he had dealt with depression in the past. Like that was no secret. It was a continuing thing. Sure, of course. Yeah. And and at the time though, for the pa for the, the past, you know, year or two years or so before this, it seemed like he was better than ever. You know, like living his best life doing things he wasn't a shut in he wasn't a you know the the, the idealistic the, depressive person yeah oh boy right. yeah. but obviously well, his trailer wouldn't have <laughs> of would suggest otherwise of course but. and and but but to the surface yeah. you wouldn't have been able to tell nobody could so what no. i want to say at least for anybody possibly listening that's maybe dealing with internal issues and things of that nature to where you know they, they hide it from the outside world Talk to somebody. Like, yes, please, like, please do. Uh, nobody can change that but you. Like, if we don't know that something's wrong, then there's nothing, you know, you can't, you have to find, well, seek help in a way too. And if, if we suspect something, we got to be... Of course. Don't be afraid to ask. Of course, of course. I mean, I, I mean it, it will shock you how many times that gut feeling 
is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, we we have a new uh, 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 dial uh, line that uh, folks can call uh, three three digits. I think it's uh, I forget now. Well, oh, do you, do you know it? No, I my uh, phone's charging. Okay, I'll yeah. leave a link. Okay, in the, in the yeah, description. please do. Uh, it, it's uh, just three three uh, uh, numbers, and it'll take you right to it. Um, and I think it's like eight one one, but. Uh, boy, this is, I, I was involved in suicide prevention activities early on after losing Alan and, uh, two of my former workers, uh, uh, <clears throat> they were staff of mine at the state. They knew Alan and they decided that I needed to, I, I, I was really, uh, a basket case then and and they and I had excess energy of course they thought that I could put that to good use and so they uh, they convinced me to uh, talk to a, a fellow named Robert uh, Gebbia in New York he's the uh, uh, guy that he's the grand poobah of the uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention AFSP and uh, we, short story, we got a, a chapter started here in Montana, and I was with it. I, man, I was excited, and I, I, we went to we we held meetings, and not enough. Um, uh, we went to conferences in the early two thousands. There were a lot of states that were were throwing some money at this, and it was great. It was really cool, and plus there was a lot of foundation money available. One of the, uh, we were at one place. <clears throat> I Salt Lake, maybe. Uh, I was sitting at a table with another person, and this gal comes up, or with several people, and this gal, she had a, a question that was so perplexing. She asked, how do we learn to accept that this is from a real story, this cop that went home and brutalized and killed his wife and then shot himself? How do we fit that type of suicide into this? That that was a tough one. That that's a tough one. And, and uh, I mean, that's still a mental health problem. Oh, like, well, yeah, the guy was had some rage going on. Yeah, so it sounds so, like, yeah, that there's there's just there are so many things to be to to be dealt with to be talked about, and 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 that's a good example of one that needs to be talked about because. It's perplexing. It, it it's confusing, confounding. How do we deal with that? And how do we deal with that? I, I, I think it, I think ultimately it still comes down. It's, it comes down to the same, the same problem with people who murder, and that's mental health. Like it, that's the true. There, that's <clears throat> the true root of it. Is yeah. is just the overall mental health of people. And and the absolute rapid decline of that as of late, like it's only gotten worse. Well, it certainly has, and yeah. And you could blame that on you know television. You can blame it on on uh, social media, video games, or you know anything. We got all kinds of things we can blame. But but it's like the rapid decline. It's true. Like I mean, I I think social media is a huge thing of it. Yeah, yeah. Online bullying. The bullying is horrible. I mean, still resulting in in. Children taking their lives. 
And yeah, and it, and medica- you know, medication doesn't necessarily help a lot either. That, medication is usually the last thing that helps. Right. If, it, at, it, if at all. Might yeah. make it worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, this doesn't necessarily solve all problems either. Well, well it does. It if does, abused. It doesn't solve any problem, but it, it uh, helps us watch the Denver Broncos lose to the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a... Yeah, you're right. It doesn't solve any problems. Yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. But like, it's uh, another aspect of things that it and it's it's something that I mean that's part of the world that we grew up in 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 mountain states. Um, we're we're rural for the most part. We're isolated. But drinking and smoking weed was the things that we uh, we became accustomed to as as youngsters. So, uh, um, and our kids do it. <laughs> so the uh, yeah alcohol abuse is that's uh, that's a problem in itself it, but it, it i think it just stems to the same thing mental health and i think we need to figure out that we got to figure out what we can do to to help that and to like i well once again it's i i think the same can be said that i i said to governor bullock to, that we could i mean that and that needs to go to the top too, and and it has, and uh, we've had uh, men at the top and women at the top that have made it issues that made it a part of the uh, of uh, national discussions. We're just not a group of people, not a population of people that want to just keep that discussion going, and 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 because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable as hell. Yeah. But you have to have uncomfortable conversations to fix uncomfortable problems. Yeah. And you have to have them uh, a lot. Uh, You have to repeat them. Um, Otherwise, we just aren't going to figure it out. So, yeah, I I, I think uh, I'm glad you you went into this discussion. And I'm, I'm extremely pleased to hear you talk about mental health the way that you are talking about it. Um, it's something that's been a problem in our family anyway. And, uh, uh, it, it just, if more, more of the folks in your generation could see the world the way that you do, I'd, I'd, <laughs> that'd sure be awesome. Um, so I'm counting on you to keep talking. <laughs> well, in a roundabout way, that was kind of the whole point of this podcast. Like not, not necessarily to a T, but you know, it was, aimed at trying to be something positive, like trying to like promote positivity because nothing helps mental health quite like positivity. Like Boy, I, the you, more negative you I, consume, the more negative that you, you know, put out. I couldn't agree more. I, so it's it, like, that's just, it, that's, those are our words of wisdom. Yeah. So that's, that's, that was the goal. I mean, there's a reason it's called life's a garden because it is, I mean, you got to dig it for everything it's worth. And it's like, yeah, just the whole point, whether it's laughter, whether it's, you know, just good stories. And, and like I said, even this, like, yes, it's a glo- it's a gloom topic. Like you said, it's uncomfortable. But in a way, it's it's going to help somebody. Like, if you I have these so. conversations, if you open up about it, if you accept mental health as a problem, if you accept suicide as a reality, and, and we can possibly reach somebody... Then that's positive. Then that's a good thing. Absolutely. Or, or give them the uh, uh, some guidance on where to go. If you're in, if you're in school, talk to your counselor. 
um, uh, leave us a note. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to talk to you. I know Dakota is too. Talk to a stranger. Yeah. Talk to somebody you're comfortable talking with. Talk Just to, talk to somebody. Talk to an adult that you can trust. Um, there's some adults that you may not want to share that information with, but understand this: we want you to keep living. You know, that, <laughs> absolutely. That, and so, um, if you if you share confidence with somebody, and you ask them not to break it. <clears throat> understand that to save your life your, that confidence will probably be, have to be broken but you, you'll still be here mm-hmm. so, well I've, I've i've always thought you know i know for a fact every problem that anybody's ever had there's always a solution to every problem there's always there's yeah. there's no low without an up like balance there, balance exists for a reason there you know what there's usually multiple uh solutions to problems absolutely there always is and yeah. and no matter how bleak things seem no matter how you know down you feel there is a way out of it and even though you don't feel that way there is so the I, i've said this before and like it's one of my favorite like i'm gonna coin it as my own just because i because you can't haven't heard it from anyone else <laughs> When it comes to, to bad thoughts, when it comes to things like that, don't take your life. Save it. Copyright. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. I, I like it. I like it. Um, AFSP is still going. And there, there there's several chapters here, or a few chapters here in the state, and I'm just tickled that they are. And, and I, I don't regret that I couldn't continue with it, but I just couldn't. I'm, I was consumed well yeah that especially when it's close to home know this that uh, the first five years or so around there are the hardest to or well at least for a parent i think but or, or a, a sibling or or a, a close relative those those are the, the toughest years I've, I've heard from others and I, I can tell you from experience to deal with suicide in your in your life and I, yeah, the, we we just hit home way too many times, and I had to let it go. And J- Joan, Joni, uh, uh, out of uh, Joan, I'm sorry, I forgot your last name. I, out of Columbus, Montana, uh, kept the ball rolling. God bless you. And uh, there are several people. Missoula has a really strong chapter. Uh, Flathead has a good chapter. The uh, uh, the out of the darkness walk here in Billings is Saturday or Sunday the seventeenth? It's on the seventeenth. Um, Probably a Saturday if I had to guess. Is it that you don't have a concert that day, right? No. Okay. The tenth is oh tenth is Saturday. Ninth and tenth. Okay. So the seventeenth should so, be a Saturday, right? So, or would so, it be a Sunday? So you got plans for the ninth and tenth for music. Yep. And then go join the walk. They usually have a. a, a uh, silent auction. You can get T-shirts. You get beads. Um, you get to ne- get to talk. You get to talk. Uh, people people show. We had one in uh, in uh, Missoula a couple years back where uh, a, a a gal who probably would not have shown up had she not known or saw it somewhere on TV, and she sat over there by herself for a very long time. And there, there was a couple hundred folks there, and I, 
I went over and, and sat down and started talking to her. She needed help. She, she was suicidal. Wow. That was, I mean, she, and she was in a place where she heard that we're going to deal with suicide. <laughs> so, yeah. That, so if, if you're feeling like you got some issues you'd like to deal with, there are going to be a whole bunch of people that understand at this out of the darkness, darkness walk. I'm not sure it, what time it starts, but Dakota will put a link on that too. I will. Yeah. All the links in the description of, yeah. Uh, by all means, it's a great, it, it's a, it's a, a good thing to do. To transition. Go for it. Because while, you know, a tough topic, you know, but good talk. It's good to talk about. Th and thank you for doing that. Yes. I, I appreciate you. I for make that. a point of it every year. I try to. At thank least. you. Um, Don't stop. I'm going to ask you similar to something I asked my dad when he was on here because. You know, y'all are old men, <laughs> and it's it's great to learn from your elders. Personally, though, being family, I want to hear some stories. I just want to hear like stories of uh, from the family, or you know, doesn't matter if you're kids or if you're older, whatever. Just I need to hear some good, funny, fun, exciting stories of you and the brothers and sisters. Do we? Um, I don't know if there are any of those that. Don't involve law enforcement. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> no. Exciting, none the same. <laughs> um, well, refresh my memory. Even though I watched that podcast twice, what 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 did he bring up? What did your, he did, mostly brought up like history stuff about the family. Like you know, he kind of just like divulged more like historical information about the family. I don't know that he told too many like oh the, like genealogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't. It, well. Okay, here it goes. And uh, my cousins will, will help me learn something or correct me <laughs> if, if they see it. Um, uh, mom's dad, uh, mom used to talk about him a lot in the, the most negative possible sense. Uh, she wasn't too fond of him, but she kind of, she also, I think she kind of admired him. His name was John O'Connell. And, uh, his birth name was Cornelius. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, well, I would change my name to John too. I think John was his middle name, maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, he there there are stories about him that are you could see where <laughs> the apples don't far fall far from the tree. I guess uh, he was a cowboy. He was, he was a real cowboy. And, uh, uh, he, he, he had his, he, he, he was handsome. He, he apparently, the word is, and I cannot verify this. I have not been able to verify this, that he was either the first or very early sheriff of Deadwood, South Dakota. Really? And was run out of town because, uh, after three months on the job for stealing a horse. Cause he's a horse thief. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. That that's your great grandpa. Oh <laughs> God. Okay. <laughs> so I I I'm very um into the Deadwood history. Like I I'm, I've watched a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and, and uh, well the the series a uh, great series. Uh, I mean, I call it Cowboy Shakespeare, but um uh, I don't know. It is based on actual stories, but it it, it was great. So I I wanted to give you that one just as a, a kind of 
you see what is um, where mom's thought process was then, mm-hmm. and uh, and having her own mom, grandma, not not really wanting to deal with a damn girl, um, just wanted boys, and so so we we uh, fast forward to the seventies and uh, uh, a little place called Forty Two Washington Street here in town. <laughs> I was, Tim and I were both in high school. Annie had already dropped out, but came back to town. And, and, uh, uh, uh Linda came back to town for a while. And, 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 uh, of course, R- Randy, uh, he, he was with, he brought Kathy back to town and Larry showed up. Uh, uh, he, I have a feeling that, um, he was probably wanted in, in Los Angeles from <laughs> Larry. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah, wanted as in by law enforcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by ex friends and ex bandmates down there. He 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 uh, he took advantage of people a lot, and so he showed up and and uh, I, I, we had all all and he didn't last long. Thank God we we got got him out there again. But that that turned into a party house and and uh, your mom knows this too. Mm. It was a uh, uh, mom. Your grandma Ellen was bartending. Uh, the, There's a, a several bars that she would bar, bartend in during the '70s, and um, aside from Alice Tavern, Tavern, they were all, uh, which is South Park, they were all either on Montana Avenue or Minnesota Avenue, and uh, she would uh, 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 encourage us not not encourage us, but on weekends, uh, let us kind of take over the house. Uh, as long as we gave her money <laughs> and Annie and Linda too. And, and so they would all leave. And so we'd have, uh, we'd have cakers. We, it, we got it. We progressed to the point where we actually had, um, but your dad had to be there because he, he was the main attraction for the, the girls. Ah. The, the girls swooned over that boy and all my friends, they thought that, well, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> they'll be there so yeah, you, you make sure your brother's there <laughs> <laughs> and so so uh we we would uh wake up in the morning and uh, have our own little you know we'd have our own band going uh, uh we tried we, we didn't get very far but we had fun but all these uh yeah beautiful young girls washing dishes cleaning up the trash <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool, uh, and it happened several times. Yeah, the, those kegers got they they started to get kind of out of control. So we we and well we kind of got run out of that house too. This is unfortunate. The there is a, a lot of fond memories there, but before that, before. Uh, mom, mom and Tim and Don were all living over in Hardin for a little bit. Mom was tar- bartending <laughs> at the bar over, at one bar over there, and Annie and Brother Pat and I found ourselves <clears throat> kind, uh, kind of homeless. So we were able to work with Mom long distance in uh, uh, c- convincing this fella. Uh, to let us rent out his basement apartment. 
and so uh, and and mom never showed up but uh, he he allowed it as long as he didn't carry it he wanted money yeah and, and he got some but back then rent was pretty flipping affordable uh mad old john john madol i oh you might want to scratch that i, I don't want to be dropping names but they, he he was a character so here pat myself and annie were living in this apartment hardly any furniture the clothes uh, i don't think either none of us maybe had one uh other set of clothes that we could wear um sleeping on the floor some pots and pans that we'd, we'd go raid gardens to eat and uh um that we did that for about three months and, and we survived and we got we it started to be really nice um it, uh, even getting along with my brother pat which was not an easy thing to do for <laughs> yeah. any one of his brothers. He loved everybody, but he didn't love us brothers. But uh, um, I, th I think that's when our, Annie and my bond became way stronger than it ever had been. And uh, it, it, she, she, uh, yeah, she, she was pretty instrumental. She, she's helps define who I am by by, by far. I want to. I'm trying to run across a story that will baffle you uh, from those times because those were the best times. Those are the greatest memories. There were some pretty bad memories too. And so, yeah. <laughs> God, I got, we, we used to, we got in the bars. Uh, I got the cockpit bar when I was 14. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and um, I, I don't know how close to 18 I looked, but it was close enough. A lot uh, there's a few other people that got in there annie got in there when she was 16 and so that so that obviously became our favorite place um and so and then i started randy gave me one of his old driver's licenses and randy and i we had long red curly hair and uh he he, he his nose was a little bit bigger than mine <laughs> but we looked a lot alike um so i i i got i started getting bars everywhere and uh We'd close down the Sundowner often. It was one of our, that was a great place. That uh, Tim Phillips he called it the office. Uh, go up to Country Kitchens, and uh, we we our, our dining and dash days were beyond us. Oh, I, I do have some dining and dash stories though. Oh boy, um, the uh, one one time closing up. Our my buddies Ron. Pando and uh, uh, Rick Reynolds and I were we drove up there and we were all just tree sheets to the wind just doing uh, but when, when we're that young we think we're, we're just fine right we drove everywhere all the time we're drinking geez fools so those two in the front seat got into this political discussion and, and when it would, <laughs> and it, it, they start. Yeah, I, I got out of the car, smoked a cigarette, and I was just standing there, uh, scrawny hippie me. And uh, uh, by that time, I was probably sixteen. And these two big burly guys and a burly gal hop out of this truck with a, a camper on it, and they are redneck as redneck comes, and they they're pretty drunk too they, they closed up someplace and they're they're strolling by and i eyeballing me 
And one of them thinks I said so. Oh, oh, some other guy had come up that we knew, and he was talking to me, bummed to smoke, and he, he said something stupid. Well, th this guy didn't have long, red, curly hair. So those, the, the biggest of those two gorillas walked over to me and said, what did you say? I mean, looking down at me. <laughs> yeah. And before I could say anything, he grabbed me by my hair on both sides and and uh, pulled me out into the parking lot and then started, uh, and I did, I wasn't much of a fighter. But God, I was a, not, <laughs> not a good, not a fighter, not a fighter. Uh, he pulling my hair out and beating my ribs in and trying to hit my face. I was successful at covering my my face. I was not successful other times. <laughs> <Do that. laughs> um, and the cops come. They're there within 30 seconds. There's like five or six of them. You'd understand Country Kitchens at that time. Mm. <laughs> and uh, they get, they settle everything down. Here I am, a, a crumpled mess of uh, scrawny kid over there, uh, bleeding pretty good, uh, missing a bunch of hair. And... Uh, uh, the cop comes over and helps me get up and walks me over to his car and puts cuffs on me and says, <clears throat> I'm coming down to the station. And those other guys, those two gorillas, that, well, the one, they just beat the tar out of me. Well, they go in and have their country kitchen breakfast. <laughs> Bastards. And I go to the jail. Uh, and uh, I, I was... Apparently, they used the fact that I was only 16 and out after uh, 2 a.m. to uh, redirect everything to me. On the way to the police station, those two cops said, well, if you didn't wear your hair so fucking long, and I mean, just on and on and on about my looks, uh, I wouldn't get in that kind of trouble. Uh, so I, I, they 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 weren't very encouraging at all. And, um, if <laughs> oh, I, how the things have changed! Yeah, it, how it, if my skin were a different color, I guarantee you, I would have showed up there with a lot more bruises mm. at the police station. They would they would have had a little fun then too, but not nowadays, right, guys? All right, and gals. Um, so I'm I'm sitting down there, and they call mom, and she's mom's at work, and she. She get, she storms into that police station up on the second floor. She was furious. One look at me. She was she wanted to know who was in charge. She was pissed. She started yelling and screaming. What the fuck is he doing here? When I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, she was just horribly pissed. And and yeah, she her her son was uh, <laughs> pretty pathetic looking. <laughs> And uh, yeah, she gave me a brush to comb my hair because I was still all matted out. And, and then she started crying about how much hair came out in the brush. I mean, that was, yeah, that bastard. I, I'm blaming my uh, my baldness on Vesta Hopkins and him. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, uh, oh, oh, I don't know. How, how are we doing on time? Uh, we got about 10 minutes. Okay, what, um. Uh, I got one more story. I got it. Okay, I got a doozy here. I, I, but yeah, I, Larry, I still love you. <laughs> I, 
uh, I and Jackie were living together, um, my, my first ex-wife, uh, up in Great Falls. And uh, I, was at, I started school in Missoula, and Jackie started school at the tech college up there, at community college. And she was, she, I was going to go to law school, and she was going to uh, become a, a, get a legal assistant or whatever. And uh, I, that, that was cool. I thought that was way cool. And I, I, of course, my end of the bargain, I dropped that. Um, I didn't last half a quarter that first time. And that was in 1978. And uh, so I, I move in with Jackie in Great Falls, and I get a job at uh, the the city. They they had uh, some government-funded uh, thing. And so Larry Craig shows up. Uh, I again in our life out of the blue again i'm pretty sure uh, uh fleeing from the authorities and people that he ripped off in other states and uh he he, he decides he, he'd like to hang around a while and i didn't discourage him from him from doing that and, and that's pretty unfortunate on my part because he should not have been there jackie hated him Absolutely did not, she despised him. And he, he doesn't care. He didn't like women anyway, mm -hmm. he, except for what women haters like women for. And so, and he was a musician or a, a self-proclaimed musician. He was a lead singer in a band uh, down in California. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we, we, we started, uh, you know, I, I got, I tried to get him on the job there too, but no, he's, he, he, he didn't do that kind of work. And uh, but we met another musician, a good. I became a really good friend with Larry Coyle. Larry Coyle, if you're still alive, I'd sure like to see you. Um, the uh, Larry Craig and I would start partying together, much to the dismay of my soon-to-be wife. And then would even and then when she became my wife, and Larry was there, uh, yeah, unfortunately. So he and I would party a lot, uh, especially on weekends, and. Uh, one night we were at a bar down on 10th Avenue South in Great Falls, and there's a, a band playing. And he says, Mike, go up and tell him that uh, there's, you got a famous singer from a Los Angeles band down here. Uh, make up a name and just tell him you're, you're my agent. Oh, my God. And I think about it, and I think, my gosh. I, I, I was... <laughs> fast from the hip on that one I did I got him up there on stage it, and he, he liked to wear he, oh God, Mr. Rock he, he'd wear a white shirt white pants and nothing else hopefully underwear but uh, um, or, or a jean jacket and white pants and uh, he'd never wear shoes he didn't he didn't like shoes Maybe once in a while I guess when it, in winter time but he uh, we'd get up there and he'd sing Johnny Be Good and the first time he did it, this band, uh, Larry was doing this whole, he was on his back, on the floor, singing Johnny Be Good with all he's got, uh, Ted Nugent style, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, on his back in white clothes. Those band guys, they were looking at, what the fuck did we just allow? <laughs> they, and he, he, Larry could carry a tune. He did all right. So that so, all of us. Uh, it was Eddie Money. 
these girls, they swore to God. They that that was Eddie money, and they would say that no, no. Larry said no, no. I'm not. They said yes, you are. You're Larry money, or Eddie money. And he said okay, okay. I, I was yeah. Well, you 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 cracked the code, girls. And uh, this is Mike Money, my manager. <laughs> Mike Money. <laughs> my brother and my manager. And so, so we went. We adopted those monikers several nights going out. And uh, oh my God, that was that. And several nights after going out with Eddie Money and Mike Money, the, the, these guys that we were parted with, they knew. But these girl, girls, they, yeah, they were convinced. And and I Mike Money, they didn't mind. Yeah, I, right. I didn't mind either. That was that was kind of fun doing that alter ego. Ego. Jackie did. She was not happy with it. So Larry and I are out um, partying. We we show up at, at Country Kitchens in Great Falls, and uh, there was a table of, of people that we knew there. And sure enough, they invited us over. And Larry Eddie Money says, "You know what? I'm buying breakfast." There there was uh, seven of the them and two of us, and we're driving a Volkswagen uh, Beetle, and we had drank the better part of a bottle of JD throughout the night. And uh, how we ended up there, I'm not sure. But I, I, we're not sure who was driving either. So we're, uh, <laughs> we we eat dinner or we eat as much as that we can. And Larry says, oh, I, I, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get my wallet. That's my cue. So I duck to the bathroom. And then I sneak out the kitchen out the back. Somewhere, I, I snuck out somewhere. They didn't see me except the manager saw us both. What the hell am I thinking? And and we and and we left those people sitting at that table. And we go out. We stumble. We get out to the the, uh, the Volkswagen Beetle. And we uh, he he. I I think I decided I better drive because I because I'm stupider. <laughs> and uh, so we sit there and we're drinking the rest of that bottle of Jack Daniels and this, this little guy's pounding on the window <laughs> he turned out that was the manager and so I start up the car and drive off see you later well we get about we get back across the river close to downtown up in that neighborhood and I'm driving I have no idea where I'm going I, I think we lived close by there and got pulled over got Pulled over, got thrown in jail. It was a Sunday night, and Monday morning, I, I, I wake up in mid-flight from the top bunk, heading toward a concrete slab, what the floor. <laughs> so hungover, and, and oh, Larry, oh God, yeah, I, I was, I, I literally woke up in flight, and Larry, the, I was pretty nice younger brother, wasn't I? I'd given him the bottom bunk. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, those those jailers, they they make a oh god they they were pretty ruthless on us and they uh, we deserved it we stunk, we we smelled like alcohol something fierce we looked bad, and uh, that judge they they uh, by the arm both of us because we were moving slow <laughs> that judge. He didn't want nothing to do with us. He said, "You boys, you get the hell out of my town. I never want to see your faces again." And that was it. He no fine, no no nothing. Uh, I mean, that was, it was just, 
okay, yeah, we're gone, we're out of here. And so we we get out to the to out to the steps, and uh, I, I asked the jailer, "Well, can you guys give us a ride? <laughs> ride you down the stairs, asshole." And uh, so Larry and I, we had no clue. So kind of, uh, an idea. So I called Jackie, and that was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> she shows up. She was furious. She had a friend of hers uh, uh, that was a, a religious kind of type of friend, and she didn't like the looks of us either. And I, I think I met her, had met her before, but uh, Jackie, she she had nothing to say to me, and I, rightfully so. That was that was a horrible thing that I did to her, and, and uh, that Larry did to her too. And uh, we. Uh, <sighs> We we got those two girls are in the front seat and they're driving us around and we can't for life of us I cannot figure out where it is so we go, there there's a, there's a little grocery store and I say okay uh, uh I'll, I'll go in I'll call the police and ask them the address <laughs> that didn't go over well with the dispatch yeah I would imagine so. they were not too they thought what a couple of losers. They reluctantly gave it to us, and, and Larry comes running in real quick and says, ah, they left. <laughs> the girls were gone, and so we were able to find the, the damn car and got and got out of there. And that was, uh, that was life in Great Falls for a while, that kind of, yeah, we parted it up hardy. Larry was a horrible influence, <laughs> and Jackie, I apologize to you. <laughs> But the, yeah, and she was pregnant with Aaron, and and so she couldn't drink, and whether even if she wanted to, uh, probably wouldn't have gotten so much, uh, quite that much of a. She couldn't scenario. Stand. Well, Larry, he he was a he, he was a pig. Mm. He he was just not somebody that you want in your house. I have a distinct <laughs> memory, like I, I I have few memories with Uncle Larry, but the one I distinctly remember is sitting on his bed. When he was, you know, crippled. And, crippled up, yeah. And uh, he had that big jug of water that he'd drink. Oh, yeah. And he'd smoke cigars all day. And one time he hands me a cigar. I must have been like five, six, something like that. <laughs> he goes, take a puff off that. And I go, okay. <laughs> like, I almost threw up right there. Oh, he yeah, he get a kick out of doing crap like that. But to this day, I can't smell a cigar and not think of him. It's like my instant memory. Is that right? Oh yeah. Well, that that's that's pretty cool. Yep. I hope those are good memories. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad. Yeah. He he, uh, he poked a hole in my gas tank because he couldn't figure out how to siphon gas. Oh my god! So he poked a hole in the bottom of it and, and let it drain into a coffee can. Jesus. Yeah. That's oh, a, the Craigs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, in episode two, um, or chapter two of, of Uncle Mike, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll have a bunch of stories for you. Perfect. <laughs> well, you know how I like to wrap this up. I don't know if you've gotten all the way to the end of an episode mm -hmm. so much. End on a positive, motivational message from the guest. What do we got? Do whatever it takes to smile. Once a day, at least. If you smile once a day, it starts to get contagious. And it starts to get longer. So, I like it. Smile. I agree. Yeah. It just joy 
begets joy. Absolutely does. And you know, we 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 gotta we gotta defeat the the forces of darkness that bring everybody down. And the, and I tell you what, smiles are great ammunition. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. That's a per- perfect way to end it, honestly. Right on. So, hey, thanks for coming on. Been meaning to do it for a long time. Finally got the time to do I, it. So. I'm happy to be here. This is great. We'll definitely have to do another one. All right. For sure. And thank you to everybody who listened. Like, share, subscribe. Check out those links in the description. Very important. And most importantly of all, though, don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it. You've got to keep on going.